Hello, and welcome to Growing Together, a podcast where we discuss all things related to church planting and vitality in the Presbyterian Church in America. I'm Chris Vogel, the Church Planting and Vitality Coordinator for Mission to North America. This podcast exists to cultivate kingdom advancement in the PCA by connecting leaders, increasing awareness of the work being done, and promoting growth through discussions on church planting and vitality. Join us today as we grow together. Welcome to the Growing Together podcast. I am your guest host, Philip Holmes, and I am sitting here with the original host, Chris Vogel. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. As many of you know, Chris serves as the uh, church planning and vitality coordinator for Mission to North America. Uh, And today we're just going to be talking a little bit about the mission and vision and some of the practical implications uh, of that mission and vision uh, for Mission to North America. So, Chris, the first question, let's just dive in. How are you yeah. doing today, first of all? I, I'm doing great. It well, is, it's, better it's, than the, that. it's the back end of GA, and I'm just getting started. <laughs> I, my, my desire is I could pack up from here and do it all over again somewhere else. I love it. I, I, love I, it. Need, I need more time with people. I, <laughs> I should also mention that we are live at GA, so if you hear some background noise, it's just a little ambience. Um, but, Chris, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, Erwin. Um, mm-hmm has talked about the mission being 10,000, not 10,000, 3,000 oh, churches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's raise the stage. Over yeah. the next decade, and I think we're somewhere right. around 1,900 now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you mind just talking a little bit about how you plan to practically achieve that mission and expanding to 3,000 churches right. over the next 10 years? Uh, uh, the one thing I would, if I could just change the the question a little bit. You cannot, sir. Well, I will anyway, because <laughs> because when you said, how do you plan? Uh, okay, yeah, all right. I want, but what if we use the Lord? You know, it's a lot of prayer yeah, and yeah. the Spirit's going to come in here. But no, the, the idea is when, when we say to go from uh, 1,932 churches to 3,000, mm-hmm. immediately people think, oh, you're just going to plant churches. Right. And yes, yeah. that certainly is part of it. But it's got to be a multi-pronged approach. It is mm. not a one-size, it's just not starting a new church. Because, yeah, technically, in theory, we could just start a whole bunch of churches, kind of a sure. shotgun approach and scatter it out. But we need to be thinking on a lot of different levels. Right. Um, so that's why the, my title is, as I stepped in this role, was changed from church planting to church planting and vitality. Yeah. Because it's all about the, the the soil in which these churches are planted, and vitality is the soil that we need to to plant churches. So how are we how are we going to, uh, by God's grace and with much prayer, see this kind of growth? Well, first and foremost, we want to help all of our churches, not just new churches, not just church plants, all the churches in the PCA to find uh, pathways, avenues for greater vitality, better health. Because when our churches are healthy. We believe, by God's grace, they will also grow. People will come to faith. Yeah. And when that happens, you know, uh, as, as, what, as one uh, writer in church planting said, uh, when asked what is church planting, he said, it's evangelism and a church plant breaks out. Mm. And so we want to see people coming to faith, stronger in their faith. Where that, when and where that happens, churches will start. Now, it does, that's not all. Obviously, we want to plant churches. Then yeah. the other part of it is, okay, is this any church? 
we want to plant a, a, a much greater diversity of churches than we often have. You know, I've had so many people tell me through the years, oh, MNA just cares about this one kind of church and this one kind of church planter. They want the the high D entrepreneurial go-getter and going, that's one one way of looking at it. But yeah. there are a lot of other people coming out, planting churches out of mother-daughter and a multi-site. And then the issue of diversity means, okay, let's look at the breadth of, of who's in uh, North America right now in U.S. and Canada. Yeah. It is a lot more diverse than what we've been doing. So unless yeah. we start seeking to reach the breadth and the, the great diversity in our country, and that's going to be, obviously, it's going to be ethnic, cultural, racial, socioeconomic. It's going to be where? Uh, yeah. What about rural America, small towns? Uh, we've often been, you know, suburban city uh type of plants wonderful big need but gospel deserts occur in a lot of places in yeah. small town america gospel deserts can be in an immigrant population how do we reach those that you know i don't have you know my congolese isn't what it used to be uh but we got <laughs> these an influx and mm -hmm. so we got to raise up leaders sure. from the populations as they're coming to us and set them free sure and so even though MA is going to be focusing on uh, church health, um, there's also the reality, though, that you're still going to have to still going to have to plant yes. 1,100 churches yeah. or so. Right. Yeah. And probably a little bit more because, you know, as much as uh, so. But the goal would be to reduce the amount of church closures. Is that right? right? Yes. Yeah. So it, yeah, it doesn't help if we plant 50 and in a year and then we've got you know, 40 closing, that's a net gate in 10. That won't right. get us there. Right. So yeah, it's, it's slowing down the closure rate. And that gets back to vitality. There are churches, churches like people have a life cycle to them and they, some of churches, they could last 50, a hundred years. Some, it might be 10 to 15. Yeah. And in each case, let's ask the question, what can we do to bring a better health to a church? Yeah. And when and where we can, we want to be able to, to, to see that. Yeah. And also making sure church plants actually get particularized and yeah. stay around, which is a part of your vitality uh, strategy. Yeah. A, a lot of our, our issues with younger churches closing, they're not too often church plants mm -hmm. per se, because we can get them going and we can even get them particularized. Mm -hmm. Part of the problem that we often see is usually around year seven, let's say, mm -hmm. uh, the church planter, it's been particularized for you know two years, maybe three years. It's their second session. Yeah. New elders are coming in. And all of a sudden, the church culture is beginning to change. It's no longer just the DNA of that church planter anymore, which is, this is a good thing. It's called maturity. But it might be harder for that planter who's maybe been really entrepreneurial. Now he's got to be more managerial. Yeah. And it's out of his control. And that's a scary place for a lot of us because yeah. we love control. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the wheels can come off. So we want to help the, you know, as one thing we've not done, we've trained guys to plant churches. We've trained, you know, we'll talk to teams about planting churches. Uh, are we giving them the resources to move from the plant to a particularized church? And what does that mean for the long haul? Yeah. And if we can begin to have those conversations, I think we'll see healthier churches. That's, that's, that's really, really exciting. Um, let's talk a little bit about the strategies that you have for planting uh, new churches and reducing church closures. We, we've talked about this a little bit in your answer, but specifically 
you, you talked yesterday about a pipeline, creating a pipeline. Mm-hmm. I want to hear more about that. I, you know, I'm a marketing guy, so yeah. I love pipelines. I, I love funnels. Um, and I think that that's a really important approach. Could you talk a little bit about just the pipe, building pipelines for church planners? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I don't think it was necessarily effective in the past, but it had enough effectiveness that we thought all we need to do, we need a church planter in, you know, Middleville, wherever. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to call up the seminary and say, you got a graduating senior who wants to come to our area and they wine and dine and recruit them and they come, they go through assessment and they go to plant a church. Um, that doesn't happen anymore yeah. for a variety of reasons. And I'm not sure it was effective in the past. And so we're saying you can't say, I want a church next year and I'll start recruiting now right. for it. Right. Uh, you know, again, it's it's totally different. But when you talk about marketing, you you know, you got a, a length of time. You've mm-hmm. got to get people's attention and get them information. The, the one, you know, ad you drop isn't going to create what you're looking for. And yeah. so you can extrapolate that out. It's the same thing. So yeah, we got to begin to think we got to develop church planters. Let's go back five years, 10 years, 15 years, when half uh, polls have found that half of the Protestant ministers sense the call to ministry between the ages of 14 and 21. Mm. Are we talking to teenagers? Yeah about, do you want to give your life for, for the kingdom? Men and yeah. women, do you want to give yourself to something that can actually change the lives of people? Yeah. And, and, and say, you know, God may be, certainly be calling you to university, be an engineer, or be an accountant, godly avocations, but what about the kingdom yeah. um, and, and, and those opportunities? And so creating those, those pipelines going way back. One, one fellow once said, and I, I love it when he said it to a bunch of us and, you know, church planning and network leaders. He said, do you know that there is a 10 year old in your congregation who might be your pastor in 20 years? <laughs> now, I knew some of the 10 year olds in my congregation. That's also scared me to death. Right. But it made me realize that, yeah, what am I doing for that 10 year old, 15 year old, yeah. getting them to think long term yeah. for the kingdom? Yeah, that's really interesting because I, I in marketing if you kind of just kind of go guerrilla style marketing and you just want to get somebody to buy something quick, right? You do sort of that one year thing where I want to plan a church next year. So I need to find a guy who's coming out of the seminary so I can put him in that spot. Right. And then you move on to the next goal. Um, and, and sometimes that happens in marketing. You want to make a a sale real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, so you, sometimes you, you oversell the product or maybe the product isn't quite prepared, uh, and you get somebody to buy it. But eventually, they're going to return a product or not going to keep the subscription exactly. if it doesn't live up to the expectations. And and I I think that has parallel implications when it comes to, comes to building a pipeline yep. for church planners because it's not just getting a guy and putting him in a place. That's like ten percent of the work. Yes, right. Yeah, uh, it is. Number one, finding the guy early, making sure he understands the implications of of his acquisition, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, and then yeah. also making sure that he is set up for success mm-hmm. and for the long haul, not just for a quick win, right? Because I have money, I want to plant a church, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I need a body, right? right. And, exactly. I, and and I'm saying this from experience because I was once in that pipeline that mm-hmm. you're trying to build right now, yeah. and oftentimes uh, guys would meet me. And immediately be like, "Hey, you want to plant church?" And I'm just like, "Bro, you don't, you know, you know nothing yeah, about me. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is very dangerous strategy." So yeah. I, I love the approach that you're taking that you're proposing, and I think it's going to 
uh, have uh, a lot, m- a, a more sustainable outcome. Yes. Uh, yeah. and, it's, and, it, and it's just going to put people first. It's going to care yes. about not just the, the guy who's been in the pulpit, but it's also caring for the people in the pews as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because there's nothing more dangerous than a, than, than a rogue planter. It's dangerous for everybody involved. Everyone, the family and the church and, and the planter. We, we've seen too many crash and burns. We, we, we don't want to do that. Yeah, I love it. If we could stop it. Talk about your plans for increasing diversity within the PCA while maintaining the commitment to the scriptures and the Reformed faith. Yeah, I've been asked that question a lot because, you know, they'll say, okay, if, if we diversify, that means, uh, doesn't mean, but it's behind, the question's behind there is, well, won't that just water down our standards? We'll yeah. have to lower the standards. A lot of assumptions in, in, in that. Oh, yeah, yeah the assumptions and, and with all great kindness and concern. Well, I said, well, let's talk about that. So the one assumption is our standards are right now, if we're not diverse, are where they should be. Now, by, when I say standards, I, you know, I don't mean the Westminster, uh, you know, confession of standards. I just mean what we've got is what we, where we should be at. Right. And if we bring in difference, difference waters down. I'm going, wait a second. Something's wrong with that. Yeah, let's let's think about this. I think the way the kingdom works is our differences enhance the you know where we're at. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was talking with with you know uh, leader in Hispanic church and talking about some of the the differences that diversity bringing a Hispanic component into the PCA changes. One of them it's it's the the relational element, the family element. For majority culture, and it may be, well be the culture, the European culture. It just may be being majority. We don't have, we don't think about it, about what community looks like because we're we're kind of in it. We're surrounded by. It. We don't think about it. And in a lot of ethnic minority cultures, you have to think about it because you got to maintain that sense of connection better. Yeah. So okay, what does that mean? Well, in a in a you know in a standards, sometimes that for a lot of people, lowering standards that means how well do you know the Westminster Confession of Faith, the Book of Church Order, and Scripture? All critical, important. But what about your context of your family, your community? We don't examine that, you know, yeah. when we bring in a candidate. Yeah. And he was saying that means if you're bringing someone in a Hispanic context, go to their home and meet their family. And I'm thinking, I don't know of a candidate's credentials committee that ever has done that. Yeah. And so maybe our standards are low on other areas. Mm-hmm. And that, frankly, those are the areas in which we fail and do damage. Okay. Because we are, I believe, well-trained, theologically, biblically. We've got those things. But if we're not well-trained in the relational aspects, the family aspect, community aspects, again, too much damage. So. Yeah, it's a great question. I, it doesn't mean we, we have to. We have to think differently about how we train. It is mm-hmm. not just the knowledge acquisition. The knowledge is important, but it's also the knowledge. Um, it's implementing that knowledge. And right. how does that look? And where does that take place? Right. So I'm, I'm excited with the aspect of, of a greater diversification will force all of us to say, Okay, this is how we've been doing it. How, okay, one example would be how we've been doing it. We say do a four-year college university, do three, four years of seminary, um, and if you're going in debt, you could end up with 150000 in debt. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, what are we going to do with the, the $150 million, uh, population increase of which 82% over the next 70 years, two generations, will be immigrants? 
Are we saying we have to wait to the to those who are coming into our country get to an economic uh, position of stability so that their children, their grandchildren, are able to afford college, afford seminary? Well, still, we're not saying lower the standards. We're saying how can we get to the 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 high standards that we have confessionally mm. meet that? We've got the uniform curriculum. We've got opportunities of doing it. So I think we can actually enhance and raise the bar with greater diversity, not lower it. That's good. The other beautiful part about diversity, you know, one of the dangers of having a uh, a monoculture denomination, which I don't think we have. I no. think the PCA has definitely grown beyond that, oh, but yeah. there's definitely a dominant culture yeah. uh, and a subdominant culture. Um, the, the more diversity when it comes to culture, not to theology, of course, is that mm -hmm. cultural blind spots are oftentimes pointed out oh, yeah. uh, and exposed. Uh, and, there's, and, and it requires a certain level of cultural humility uh, <laughs> in order to uh, open up those doors and mm -hmm. say, hey, yeah, we want you to come in and we want you to speak. Um, because it's, it's really difficult to see your shortcomings when you've grown up thinking that this is just a norm. Yep. Um, I, I experienced this as I trans, I, I grew up in a monoculture, even, even though, you know, I'm a minority mm -hmm. in our country, I grew up in pretty much an all black setting. Right. Um, and coming into reform culture, I saw cultural blind spots that I had that I didn't know about. Uh, yeah. I went to Thailand with MTW in 2009. <laughs> I saw other cultural blind spots. You know, yeah. th there's just certain things that you assume, Hey, everybody does this and you quickly discover, no, everybody. Th and some of those things are morally neutral. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But some of those things are, are cultural sins and cultural idols that need to be exposed. Yeah. And so yeah. that's the other beautiful part. The PCA is only going to be more godly and more holy. Yes. Um, by um, taking the gospel to all nations. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think there's something we've been commanded about that. I, 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 and if that we're going to take, the, yeah, we're gonna take it all nations, their cultural intelligence and that uh, that the agility to recognize, hey, this this is my 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 blind spot. Like you said, mm -hmm. moral, and some of them are immoral. Yeah. yeah, talk talk a little bit about it as we close, as we wrap this up. This yeah. has been a fun conversation, as always, Chris. Oh yeah, I enjoy talking to you. <laughs> uh, as we wrap this up, talk a little bit about for our listeners. There, some are elders, some are lay people. Mm -hmm. Would you mind just telling them, hey, what are some of the things that they can do in order to come alongside M and A? and support M&A in pursuing this mission and vision by God's grace. Right. 3,000 churches in 10 years. Yeah. That's, that we, it takes all of us. Yes. Yeah. That's what we've been saying. One church, one mission, it takes all of us. And um, it, one of the first things all of us need to be thinking about and doing is praying the Lord of the harvest to send forth labors into the harvest. Mm. And so prayer has got to be the beginning end of it. We cannot do this apart from the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the Spirit, um, all according to the, the will of our Heavenly Father. And so Amen. Uh, just asking um, sessions, uh, families in their, you know, their family worship, would you pray for the extension of the kingdom? Mm. And, uh, you know, PCA, one small corner, um, M&A, one part of a denomination, right. um, but but just praying that even in this part, we would be able to be used of the Lord to see this kind of expansion. So without prayer, all of our plans are, are useless. Mm -hmm. uh, but in moving beyond that, I think just having the conversations, I think for, for churches, for session, for leadership, for, for small groups to saying, what is it, what would it look like if we reached our community for Christ to go beyond the four walls of our church 
to to have opportunities uh, again with ESL with refugee and immigrants. Um, think of, of of those who who are are part of our communities that we will never see mm. because they are they're incarcerated. Yeah. They're still part of our communities. What are we doing with metanoia and reaching reaching those? What are we doing the others that we don't see who have disabilities? That they are, in one way or another, not welcomed in our churches, not by words, but by actions. And so figure out how can you in, in, be, learn more, but then what can you do to engage and make use? Uh, M&A has such a great breadth of opportunities to, for a church to be looking beyond their, their four walls and see the world around them. That God has placed there and is calling us to go and make disciples. Amen. Amen. Chris, as always, it's a pleasure. Oh, yeah. Enjoy it. You have been listening to the Growing Together podcast, where I am your guest host, Philip Holmes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this was our interview with Chris Vogel. Chris, thanks so much. Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Growing Together. We hope you found the discussion informative and engaging. If you want to stay up to date on all things related to church planting and vitality in the PCA, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We'd also love to hear your thoughts, so please leave us a rating and review. Help us spread the word by recommending the podcast to other brothers and sisters in the PCA. To stay in the loop and receive updates, visit pcamna.org slash growing dash together and join our email list. And don't forget to follow us at Mission to North America on Facebook, at PCAMNA on Twitter, and at MA PCA on Instagram for even more content. Thanks for being a part of the Growing Together community. We'll see you in the next episode.